The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. So good evening, everyone. My name is Shinryu. Um, I thought I would begin this evening with a poem. Uh, this was brought to us courtesy of Seiryu uh, from the Palestinian poet Mosab Abu Toha. My grandfather used to count the days for return with his fingers. He then used stones to count. Not enough. He used the clouds, birds, people. Absence turned out to be too long, 36 years until he died. For us now, it is over 70 years. My grandpa lost his memory. He forgot the numbers the people he forgot home. I wish I were with you, Grandpa. I would have taught myself to write you poems, volumes of them, and paint our home for you. I would have sewn you from soil a garment decorated with plants and trees you had grown. I would have made you perfume from the oranges and soap from the sky's tears of joy couldn't think of something purer. I go to the cemetery every day. I look for your grave, but in vain. Are they sure they buried you, or did you turn into a tree, and perhaps, or perhaps you flew with a bird to the nowhere? I place your photo in an earthenware pot. I water it every Monday and Thursday at sunset. I was told you used to fast those days. In Ramadan, I water it every day for 30 days or less or more. How big do you want our home to be? I can continue to write poems until you are satisfied. If you wish, I can annex a neighboring planet or two. For this home, I shall not draw boundaries, no punctuation marks. So, um, I know from talking to some of the folks in the community and seeing the posts online that uh, the events since October 7th and the Hamas attack and, and massacre of Israelis and the subsequent reprisals from the Israeli state and as well as settlers have um, torn up uh, people in our community broken up people in our community. Um, there are many folks who have direct connections to people in Palestine or Israel. Um, some of us more indirect connections, but in one way or another, all of us are connected. So I've heard people express um, their anger, their um, sorrow, express being at a loss for words, um, and uh, just struggling to, f to find a way to respond. And how do you respond? How do you express yourself about what's going on? 
it's very difficult given the magnitude of the suffering um, on all sides. Uh, it's very difficult given the depth and complexity of the, the history, the suffering over time um, is enormous. I think it's, uh, if that, even if, <laughs> as if that weren't enough, on top of this, we have uh, in our own country uh, people making use of the conflict and the suffering to score political points uh, for partisan ends, um, which only intensifies the, the conflict and the tension and the difficulty for, for all of us. And then, of course, as well, we have the media, which we look to for some uh, source of you know, semi-objective information, which is also hyper-partisan and is, um, introduces all sorts of uh, distortions and delusions, which, again, uh, make it all the more difficult. And then when under such pressure, how do we respond? And given the political stakes and pressures, um, it's easy to fall into um, feeling like one has to take a particular stand, even if that stand may oversimplify what one actually thinks or feels. Um, or one may find oneself uh, performing a kind of, um, engaging a kind of uh, political performance, perhaps to uh, not get into trouble or to feel like one's on the right side and yet not sure that it actually captures one's, one's true feelings and thinking about things. So how to respond? How do we express ourselves truly? How do we express the truth? I've also seen and heard from people that some people have found ways to respond. So um, the poets have their way of responding, uh, like Mosab Abu Toha, people in our community uh, composing music, for example, in response to uh, circumstances, uh, people uh, carrying out collective rituals um, in the past week to, in a, in a spirit of um, recognition and aspiration to overcome the, the suffering. People uh, meeting on the last couple of weekends to uh, practice silent meditation in public at Union Square. And there was just a new call that went out um, from Adrian in the Village Zendo People of Color group, who's organized another group sitting um, that will be public Saturday. I believe it's at 1030 um, on, at one of the piers, 82. Uh, the, the information is in the um, IO list. Um, but everyone is invited to that as well. If that seems like a way that you can express the truth, um, 
So uh, it can be a struggle to to think how to respond. Um, uh, what can I do? What can I say? Um, and then and then look for the right kind of expression. What I'd like to do uh, tonight is to suggest another way to go at it, another way to approach things, which is sort of the, the other way around. Uh, maybe uh, instead of from without to within, to come at it from within, uh, come at it from within. And we can do that through the Zen teachings and, and Zen practice. When you come to the village Zendo, you walk through the front door and uh, you're immediately met on the wall by a very large scroll. It's a gold yellow scroll. It has three characters on it. Um, you've probably uh, seen it if you've come to the Zendo. But do you know what it says? Do you know what it's an expression of? Uh, there are three characters. One is Do. And the other, the second is Toku, and the third is Ji, Dotokuji. Dotokuji is the name of our temple, the Lizendo. Uh, Ji means temple or place. Um, and Dotoku is an expression in Zen that's come to mean uh, true expression or expression of the truth. So the place of true expression the place of expression of the truth. So when you come to Village Zendo and you walk in front of that scroll and then you walk in through the threshold at the Zendo and take your seat and take your position and connect with your breath and let go, let go of your thoughts, you can uh, practice expression of the truth. And you can study and learn and train in how to express the truth. So what does it mean uh, to express the truth? Well, Master Dogen has a fascicle, a text on this that I wanted to go back to. We have studied it in the past. Um, it's called Dotoku. And uh, Dogen starts out by saying, the Buddhas and the ancestors are the expression of the truth. Therefore, when Buddhist ancestors are deciding who is a Buddhist ancestor, they always ask, do you express the truth or not? And each one of us can ask ourselves that question, do you express the truth or not? He goes on to talk about how um, not all traditions um, ask this question and, and express a response and manifest the state of true expression. And then he says something very interesting. He says, such expression of the truth is not accomplished by following other people, and it is not a faculty of our own ability. I think this is important for us today when there is such pressure to follow other people. Um, 
follow the prevailing political winds, for example, or the uh, pressures that uh, surround us. But Dogen is saying that following other people is not the way to express the truth. You have to express yourself truly. Nor is it a faculty of our own ability. That is, uh, it's not that just you or just I or a few of us have this ability. Actually, everyone has the ability to express the truth. And then he goes on to say, um, the, the Buddhas in the past have trained inside that very state of expressing the truth and have experienced it to the end. And now they are still making effort and pursuing the truth inside that state. When Buddhist ancestors, through making effort to be Buddha ancestors, intuit and affirm a Buddha ancestor's expression of the truth, this expression of the truth naturally becomes three years, eight years, 30 years, or 40 years of effort in which it expresses the truth with all its energy. So um, he's saying here that um, even if one has obtained a state of enlightenment uh, for a moment, the process never ends, and the Buddha ancestors continue to pursue uh, expression of the truth constantly. And he's saying that that very pursuit of true expression is true expression. Our very aspiration to, uh, to live a life that is awake that very aspiration, that very effort, is uh, true expression. And this, I think, applies to all of us as well. Effort now uh, continues to be directed by the expression of the truth itself and by insight itself having accumulated long months and long years of holding on to this effort, we then get free of the past years and months of effort. While we are endeavoring to get free, the skin, flesh, bones, and marrow are all equally intuiting and affirming freedom. National lands, mountains, and rivers are all intuiting and affirming freedom together. At this time, while we continue aiming to arrive at freedom as the ultimate treasure object, this intention to arrive is itself real manifestation. And so, right in the middle of getting free, there is expression of the truth, which is realized without expectation. It is beyond the power of the mind and beyond the power of the body, but there is naturally expression of the truth. When expression of the truth is already happening to us, it does not feel unusual or strange. So here again, Dogen is t 
telling us that our very aspiration or intention to be free uh, and the effort involved in that uh, aspiration and intention is itself uh, true expression. Our very effort to be free is true expression. And in that, uh, we are united with all things, mountains and rivers and buildings and other people. Uh, we are united completely naturally through our practice effort to achieve enlightenment, to be free. And this is not some mystical, magical state that maybe we've heard about or read about somewhere or aspire to achieve someday. It's as ordinary as this very moment right now. Being awake right now. And then uh, Dogen gives a saying from Master Joshu. If you spend a lifetime not leaving the monastery, sitting in stillness, without speaking for 10 years or for five years, no one will be able to call you a mute. Afterwards, you might be beyond even the Buddhas. So if you spend a lifetime or five years or three years, three years in the monastery, uh, practicing with wholeheartedness, uh, no one can call you a mute because you have your expression. And the same is true if you come to the village Zendo and you walk in front of that uh, scroll and you step into the Zendo and take your seat. Uh, your Zazen practice, uh, silent as it is, cannot be said to make you mute. And the same when you sit at home or when you carry your practice out into the streets, in workplaces, even though you don't open your mouth, no one can say you're mute because you have your expression. And that expression is, um, is not separate from anything that's going on anywhere in your life or in this world, and not separate from what's going on in the Middle East or anywhere else in the world, which is, uh, we know, full of conflicts. So, uh, so I think it's, this is important for us because it's very, uh, um, we tend so often to say, I don't have any way to respond. I don't have any way to express uh, my position. And yet our practice does give us the way to express our position, including on the Middle East. It gives us our way to express the truth, including about the Middle East. We always have this ability available to us. So, uh, I'm not saying that uh, this, uh, you know, I think there 
there are different ways of being complicit with the violence that's going on in the world. Um, actually, I think one of the ways, in fact, we're all complicit with the violence going on because we are all connected in, in one way or another to the violence. We're not separate from that violence. And there are many ways we could uh, illustrate that. But there's a different kind of complicity. And I think the worst kind of complicity is actually um, when we give ourselves over to our um, reactions, our um, impulsive passions, our hatred, our um, narrow self-centered partisanship, and our sense of separation from others, including those whom we disagree with whom we disagree. I think that's actually the worst kind of complicity. So uh, we always have available to us the possible possibility to express the truth, and we should have confidence in ourselves that we can do this rather than be consumed in despair over our sense of incapacity and helplessness. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be writing checks for uh, humanitarian relief efforts. We shouldn't be signing petitions. We shouldn't be in the streets um, uh, demonstrating. Uh, or whatever other kinds of philanthropical or activist work that we find available to us. I'm not saying that at all, because I actually think that's indeed where it's at. Uh, but that is not separate from our everyday moment-to-moment -moment ability to express ourselves truly, to express the truth through practice. I don't think that doing this also gives us all the answers or uh, uh, gives us um, more uh, reason or right than, than anyone else. But, uh, and I'm not saying that uh, this is, alleviates all uh, feelings of, of, uh, of pain. I think that we can do this and we can express the truth in the midst of our confusion, actually, in the midst of our ambivalence, in the midst of our uh, sorrow, in the midst of our anger, and in the midst of uh, our grief. So I'm going to end with um, one more form of true expression from the poets, again, courtesy of Seiryu. Uh, this is by the Israeli poet Rachel Svia Bach. In the South, we are busy now. Sorry, I should add uh, as a preamble that this was written in 2014 during a previous moment of Palestinian-Israeli conflict. She writes, in the South, we are busy now, slaughtering each other. There's no time for flowers. Slowly, summer will scalding pass. Autumn will arrive unnoticed. 
If only rain would come to send us all indoors, there to stand at ruined thresholds and watch the yellow sky weep and weep, for all are dead. Thank you.